Spirit of the living. Bless and thank you. We exalt you. And Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to serve and worship you in spirit and in truth. Now, Father, I just bless you. I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word that you never fail us, that you always come through for us. And I give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Where we're going to talk about facing giants in your life. Amen. You know, anything can be a giant. We all have giants in our life at some time or another, whoever you are, you know, whatever your whatever you do, I guess whatever walks of life you're from, you know, we have giants in all forms, shapes and sizes. Giants show up uh, for many reasons in our lives in the form of tribulation. Um, it could be your job, whatever you, you um, feel is coming against you and you don't know how to get over it or you need prayer for it or whatever you're seeking God for. You know, uh, a giant can appear. Amen. Now, I believe most uh, most of the time it's tribulation. And, you know, tribulation has a reason for, uh, 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 you know, it, it, it has a purpose, I should say. And the purpose of tribulation is to, um, to make us better, to um, bring out the best in us. Amen. You know, when we have tribulation, we run right to God, and that's what we're supposed to do. And when we do that, uh, God is preparing us for something better. You know, it says tribulation uh, causes patience, and patience causes hope, and hope will not disappoint. So there's a purpose for tribulation in our lives. So, you know, we look at it as the worst thing that can happen, but God works it out for our good. Amen. Amen. So tribulation can be a giant in, in your life. Whatever it is, finances can uh, be a giant. Um, you know, a mean boss, uh, a bad marriage, or uh, divorce, reconciliation, whatever it is, you know, whatever the world, see, the, the world offers us pressures of the day. And whatever the pressure is, whatever it may be that's come up against you, God has an answer. Amen. He has an answer for every giant. So there is good news concerning giants in your life because David faced a giant. Amen. As you know, Goliath. And, and I truly believe that God is saying that we are giant killers, just like, just like Daniel amen, and David, giant killers. And see, so we need to look at ourselves as giant killers and not as the weak person that, you know, helpless, weak, on the, the bad end. Because we are really on the good end of everything that God is doing. Amen. Uh, in John 16, if you turn there, it, it tells you the good news. And it's, uh, it tells you that we are overcomers. Amen. Jesus was an overcomer. And he overcame the pressures of the world. And I believe that this is where most of our troubles come from, the pressures of the world. Amen. And so 
we are overcomers because Jesus is an overcomer. John sixteen thirty three. With the world comes pressures and the the uh, pressures and persuasions, temptations, and I believe that God has risen us above all temptation and the pressures of the world. So in John, let's see, sixteen thirty three, it says, "These things I have spoken to you." That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't worry about it. I have overcome the world. Amen. So Jesus is, if he's an overcomer, then we're an overcomer because our power and our strength comes through him. Amen. Hallelujah. So He, we are overcomers. And he says, be of good cheer. In other words... You know, we're supposed to thank God that we are coming through. Amen. That we're not um, beaten. You know, we don't have to surrender to tribulations. We don't surrender to giants, but we overtake them. Amen. And we overcome them just uh, just like he did Goliath. Because that's what kind of power we have. We have that much power. So we're overcomers and we need to know and understand that. Amen. Because Jesus has overcome our tribulations. He has the answer for every problem that we have. And the word tribulation means it's pressure. Pressures of life or oppression. You know, tribulation comes in so many forms. It also means stress, anguish, adversity, or affliction. But the thing we have to understand is good can come from tribulation. Amen. Good can come from tribulation. You know, the Bible says if we glory in tribulation, knowing that it produces perseverance, and in perseverance produces patience, and patience hope, and hope won't disappoint. That's in uh, Romans 5. Why don't we turn there and we can, we can read it. And so we shouldn't let tribulation or the giants that pop up in our lives, we shouldn't let that put us in fear amen you know we may be concerned but we have to understand and know that our hope and our trust is in god because he's already given us (laughs) the next of our enemies he's already done it you know he fixes things and he has already made a way for us to come out victorious and so it really shouldn't adversity affliction you know, we have to know and understand that God is with us through everything that we go through. Romans 5, 3. Let's go to 2. It says, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Verse 3 says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character. That's what I was trying to think of, that word character. And character, hope. And verse 5 says, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen. So character, I believe, is what God is trying to produce on the inside of us. Amen. No matter how long you've been facing your giant, he can still come down. The bigger they come, the harder they fall. And so we have to look at it like, you know, this is temporary. 
tri- tribulations are not temporary because we have victory. We get victory over them every time. Amen. Every tribulation that comes up. You know, we can look back and thank God because sometimes when you get in the middle of a crisis or whatever is going on, you think you'll never come out. But what we need to do is remind ourselves of the last victory. Remind ourselves, amen, look at your your life last year and say, you know what, I was in a worse jam last year (laughs) or a year before, but I came through. And so we can come through these these adversities. We always do. But it's how you look at things. Amen. So we're giant killers. I like to say that because that's what David was. And every Goliath will fall. Amen. And I believe they fall when we're ready for them to fall. Amen. Because our faith produces um momentum or movement amen where you know how it is when you say i'm tired i'm i'm just tired and ready to move i'm tired sick and tired of being tired and when we can do that there's something that's stirred by god on the inside of us i believe that can move mountains it's called that that faith that's on the inside that comes from god or it's something on the inside that strength that god only god can give us And we look up, and our situation has improved a little bit, improved a little bit. You know, that comes, I believe that comes from us. It comes from on the inside of us. Amen. I believe that uh, our faith, which is confidence in God, causes our situations to move. Because you can just get sick and tired of being in one place. You know, why will we sit here until we die? And so it's that kind of thing. An example of it was the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she had the same problem. And then when she, it's funny, when she ran out of money, she said, if I can just touch (laughs) the hem of his garment. So I believe there's something on the inside of us, deep down on the inside of us, that reaches and touches God's heart when we just get ready to move i believe we can cause our cycle to start to turn or whatever our season or you know people say well this is my season well it's easy to say but when you when you're stuck in the same position you have to do something you have to get something on the inside of you and you get it from god i believe we have to stay in close proximity to god so you can get all of the refreshing the strength the stronger uh strength and faith whatever it is that we need we can get that from god and i'm telling you it causes this situation to move and to change and so uh, we cannot fear these tribulations that we get involved in because god saw it coming before we did he's already made a way for us to get out of it but we have to treat uh goliaths like what they are they're they're just well i just i'll just talk about goliath a little bit he intimidated people because he looked bigger and better than what he really was amen you know he he uh, put fear in the the armies of of uh you know the philistines and whoever they they are all of the the enemy he put fear in them he put fear in the people you know, he everywhere because of, they were looking at his outer appearance. And I believe 
um, giants look worse than what they really are. Amen. There is a way to defeat the enemy, but sometimes he can put on this outer, um, how can I say it, this outer uh, appearance of strength and power, and we look like grasshoppers, you know, to them. But I think if, if we stay with God and receive our strength from him, and it's nothing like receiving wisdom from God, because God will give you a plan. He'll give you instructions on how to defeat your enemy if we stay tuned in with him. And so I know that if we uh, receive from God and we stay close to him, we will receive all of the knowledge and the wisdom that we need to defeat the enemy. Amen. Amen. So every Goliath will fall. Our victory have already been uh, ordained. And so this is another thing we have to tell ourselves when we're going through. Our victory has already been ordained by God. Amen. And so all things work together for good, even the things that you feel like you've lost or, you know, it's something that you feel like, I, I, you know, I missed it. You ever feel like I missed that? And see, I believe that God still works that together for our good, even though, even if we mess up, God still works it together for our good. Amen. All we have to do is repent and get back with him and he'll still give us a plan. Amen. A plan to overthrow the enemy. It always works. Troubles have a, a, a way of working together for our good because we can always say lessons learned. Amen. In one, <laughs> in First Corinthians 15, you know, and I'm like this. I learn from my mistakes, other people's mistakes. I say, okay, I'm not going to go down that road anymore, you know. And so it's a learning experience to, to just, and to just stay in the love of God. You know, we have to remind ourselves of the last victory, remind ourselves how much God loves us, that he wouldn't leave us at the crossroads. You know, we're at the Red Sea. And, you, you know, those people had to make a decision whether they were going, going to cross the Red Sea because there was a fear that there was still water under there. And they didn't know that the Red Sea was really dry. You know, who could tell? And so there was a decision. They were kind of like at the crossroads, and they had to make a decision, and that took faith and trust to trust God to go across on dry land. And so we're, we're, we, we're in that position when we're trying to come out of different situations. When, when tribulation hits us in some form or fashion, we're, we're at the crossroads. But we have to understand and know, remind ourselves of the last time we were in a jam and how God came through for us. Amen. You know, you have to do a lot of convincing yourself through the word of God, you know, uh, because we can really believe whatever we want to believe. You know, it, it depends on which voice you want to listen to. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15. If we go there, 1 Corinthians 15. I'm sorry. First, yeah, 1 Corinthians 15. I didn't believe it. Verse 57. Hallelujah. And it says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 
And then it says, therefore, I like 58. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and immovable. Amen. Amen. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen. And so I'm thinking when I first read this a long time ago, I, I couldn't connect the two. It's like, what does working for the Lord have to do with being steadfast and immovable? But it has everything to do with it and with your victory. Amen. Amen. Because if you are trusting God and if your confidence is in him, you'll get busy doing something for the Lord. Instead of, you know, sometimes we can feel like and we can wait in limbo, wait for the other shoe to fall. Well, that's when you, you're weak, you know, and we don't know any better. But now we're, what can I say, we're mature Christians. And we have all the, I didn't hear should be amen i didn't want to i didn't want to go there i was gonna be nice today <laughs> but you okay <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being nice and you know we should know that god is with us and so what we should do is come out of complacency and just go for it say you know god i know you're with me and so i'm gonna do your will and it's not just about what we're going through. It's about the purpose of our life, why we're here on earth, and that is, amen, to preach the gospel. And so I think that's why that uh, verse 58 is, is there after 57. Because if you are, have, if your confidence is in God, and that's your faith working, then you will do the work of the evangelist. Amen. And not worry about what you're going through because you know that God has your back. And that's why we're to be steadfast and immovable. Amen. Don't move off of where you are. If you're at the crossroads, if you're at the Red Sea, cross over. You know, go forth in the name of Jesus and trust him. You know, because we really don't have anything to lose. Amen. So work for God. And stay close to him and fear not. When you catch yourself moving over into fear, you know, pull yourself back over. You know, you have to get in the word. You have to remind yourself of the last time that you were in trouble and God got you out. You know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We have to tell ourselves these things all the time. That I believe that's what the word is for. If You have to recite it. Remember it, write it down, whatever you have to do to stay afloat because the devil wants to take your mind. He really does. And so you do whatever it is that you have to do. And don't do it just when you're in a crisis. But, but make a, a habit. You know, it's like reading the word and, and singing to the Lord and, and having um, communion with him and talking to him. Just like you talk to your friends. This should be a part of our everyday life. Amen. And I know if we purpose in our hearts to do this on a regular basis, it will become everyday to us. And we'll, we won't feel right when we don't say good morning to, to God and talk to him and, or thank him for somebody's salvation in your family or thank you for somebody's healing. You know, that you, that you know he's working on. And I believe these things move God. I really do. 
So we're, and you know, we're not doing these things in our own strength, but we're doing them in the strength of God because I believe when we stay in close proximity to God, we keep receiving strength from him. We keep receiving knowledge. We keep receiving love. We, we keep receiving strength. All the things that we need to keep going, he gives us that. Everything that we need, we receive it from him. So David overthrew Goliath, amen, but not in his own strength, amen. That's in 1 Samuel 17. David said, I came without a javelin. And I know I say this a lot. I, I refer to this a lot. But I really do believe that God is speaking to us right there where he says, I come without a javelin or a spear, but I come in the name of the Lord. And this, this meant that he didn't come in his own strength. He, he came in the power and in the strength of God with the, a plan from God. He was in God's plan. He wasn't running away from him. He wasn't too fast, too before God. He wasn't behind God. He was with God, amen, because he had a relationship with him. And I believe when, when David, even when he was a young boy, when he, when he tended sheep, when he knew he knew how to communicate with God and get what he needed from God for that next situation. You know, the bear and the, and the, and the lion. Whatever he needed from God, I, I believe David knew how to receive that strength, that supernatural strength from God. So he didn't attack anything in the natural. In other words, stop fighting in the natural when you are in trouble. Amen. Allow God to come in with a spear and a javelin and fight for you. Amen. All you need is a plan from God. And the plan was pick up a rock, pick up a stone. That was God's plan. Amen. God has a plan. And that was his plan. And it seemed so simple, but it was so profound. And he didn't need a weapon. Of, of warfare because it's not our weapons are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and I know that David understood this so much and so well and this is how he operated amen he operated not in the flesh but in the spirit he allowed the spirit of the Lord to speak to him and tell him how to get victory even in uh, all of the, the battles that he fought you know, he allowed God to show him and minister to his heart so he would know how to defeat his enemies. Amen. Why don't we go to 1 Samuel 17 right quick. I know you know the scripture, but I just kind of like to read them anyway. Hallelujah. And it's the one where it says David and David prevailed against his enemies. And we will prevail too. Amen. We will prevail because it's already set up. It's already planned. First Samuel 17, I think that's in verse 50 or either 45. In verse 50. It says, so David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in his hand, in the hand of David. 
And I know that that's there for a reason. And because, you know, God wants us to know that carnal weapons don't always uh, win a war. Amen. Amen. There was no sword in his hand. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut his head off with it. And when the Philistines saw that his champion was dead, they fled. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he didn't kill him until after he had defeated him. Amen. Amen. So this wasn't some some uh, terrorist attack or you know how it is when you have a, a enemy, you, you know, you, you plan to set him up to get him. And it wasn't like that because God um, just showed David what to do through his communication and plan and then he be <laughs> then he had <laughs> he had fun later okay <laughs> but that speaks so so uh profoundly to me because that all you need to do is stay with god you know and get wisdom from god and this is what he did amen but there was no sword in his hand i, I just like that david's confidence was in god and God caused him to prevail and to overthrow Goliath. David fought with spiritual weapons. We said that and not carnal. And so he was just in God's hand and God gave him the victory and it was planned for him. First John 5. Why don't we go there? And, and this is one thing I believe God is telling us to stay with your God-given assignment. Amen. This is another uh, way to get victory. You can't get victory not being in your assignment because you can't even be promoted from one level to another unless you are in position. Amen. Let's see. I think First John 5 will help me explain that. I mean, that's just what I, I thought about when I was reading this. I was saying David stayed in position, and this is why he was promoted. Amen? Hallelujah. It's, it's like this. Let's see. David was, I think, 15 when he was first called. He was a shepherd, and he was called to do a work for God but it took him until he was 30 before he was actually assigned to his work y'all see what I'm saying it's just like Jesus he didn't go into his work until he was 30 33 and he it was three-year work but he God prepared him all of those years and so David's pre preparation time was about 15 or more years. So what I'm saying is we need to stay in our position. Even if you get tired or you get bored, that doesn't mean that because you've been in a certain position for so many years that it's time for you to do something. It's not time until God says it's time. Amen. Because you don't know what awaits you out. Or you don't know the situation. You God sees all things from beginning to the end. 
And so he knows what lie, what dangers are there that lie before us. He knows whether you're going to get victory or not. Some devils not, are not even for us to fight. They're for somebody else. So we need to stay in, in our God-given position and it's in our assignment so that uh, God can prepare us for what comes ahead of us. Amen. So God is the only one that can make that decision, not us. We don't get to make that decision. And you know what? I'm confident that God is making the best decision for me. If I'm not supposed to be in the battle, I'll stay home and pray. You understand what I'm saying? And so maybe, you know, I'm not saying it's not for me to do it, but if it is, God will let me know. But we, you know, I don't understand this anxiousness that people have that they want to get out and do things it may not even be what you're assigned to do many people have uh, taken assignments and done things that they thought god wanted them to do and it didn't work out because you know maybe you weren't anointed to do that at that time you know timing is is so important when you're working for god geography your anointing everything it it depends on everything and and god has the he gives the word when it's time to do these certain things not you because you're bored it just doesn't work like that amen so let's see john first john five four i don't know if i even turn there okay verse four and it says for whatever is born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Amen. And who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. So the knowledge of the power of Jesus causes us to overcome every time. Every time. Amen. So our faith brings victory over the pressures of the world. See, the world uh, throws pressure and and uh, manipulation and just everything at us and so we need to make up our minds that we're going to stay with god and we're not going to jump out ahead of time we're going to stay with him until he opened doors for us it's the best thing amen so our confidence is in god and he provides us with spiritual weapons to defeat every test every trial god has already made a way for us to come through uh, come through victorious amen he sends help when we need help he gives us answers when we need answers amen he causes a new season to come and he does a new thing in our lives and i believe this is what god is doing this day well amos nine thirteen tells us that he is doing a new thing in our lives and we need to uh just get settled in the fact that we need to stay with god and not get ahead of him amen he opens doors that no man can open and close doors that no man can close and he sends help he does these things he's the completer of our affairs amen we don't we don't do these things god does them and we have to we have to stay with him so that we'll be in our right timing amen and then there's things that we are supposed to to move out in faith and do and we don't do them amen 
we don't do them because there's a fear there that we don't know which way to go and we see because we need to stay with God so that we can get clear direction how can we you know and then people just give up and this I'm just gonna go start me a ministry and that's a cop-out amen it's because they don't know how to get God to move in their behalf for what they want it's either two I'm, I'm looking and it's three I'm telling you, I've seen two people go two ways. They either quit and start a ministry and say, I'm still with God, or they backslide because there's nowhere else to run. Amen. And so we need to stay with God. I don't care if you stay with God for 10 years, 20 years, stay with him and don't move. Amen. God will, he will vindicate you and he will open the doors. He will, even if we keep missing it, I'd rather stay with God and keep missing it and keep messing up than to leave him and get out on my own trying to do something and then the walls come down on me. And so God will help you. He, he's, he's not going anywhere. He's, you know, he's going with us if we're going in his direction. So his plan is good from the beginning to the end. So we need to watch out for deception. And this is what I believe is a big um, thing nowadays with this is what the devil is doing in this time and in this season with Christians. He wants to mess you up and get you on the wrong path. And deception is a big thing right now and he wants because he wants to put you on another path. That looks like God, feels like God. There's a lot of people going down that road, but we know what road that is, don't we? And so we need to learn to identify the voices of deception and shut them down. Shut the voices of deception down. We need to learn to go to God and and find out what it is that he has for us. And shut the third voice down. Amen. Being accurate is better, I think, than being big. That's just how I feel. Being accurate is better than being big. In other people's eyes. That third voice. Amen. When God speaks, the Holy Spirit is that second voice that confirms be good with that a lot of people allow that third voice to come in and that third let me give you an example the third voice is the voice that spoke to eve in the garden because god already spoken he spoke to her she spoke to the husband amen then that third voice came in and said did god really say and that's the voice that third voice that we need to shut down because that's the voice of deception. Amen. It causes deterioration in relationships. I'll give you another example. I was thinking about this. And I said, there's a third voice in every marriage. Yes. Third voices try to come and say, mm, your wife just don't appreciate you. I can cook and clean and I like doing that stuff. I don't know why I like doing that. But they're going to tell your man that, you see, or, or 
that third voice to tell the woman, the wife, your husband's so mean. I used to hear that all the time. Your husband's strict, ain't he? I said, yeah, and I love it. Because he was taking care, real good care of me, you know. And they, and see, people, they'll try to pick you when they, they don't know what your business is. <laughs> and they'll try to find out. Because that third voice is trying to come into your life and tell you your husband mean. Or your wife, she just, mm. she don't understand you. See, that's how third parties get into marriages. And that's the deception. I'm telling you that attack marriages. And so we need to stop listening to outside parties. Amen. The voice of persuasion. That's the third voice. Amen. And and I tell you another example. People on the phone always want to tell you stuff that and they're trying to manipulate your mind. Amen. And they'll try to say little stuff like, you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm abused and don't nobody like me. And see, it starts like that, that little pity stuff. And that's manipulation. And then, well, and then, well, who don't like you? You know, and there's the open door. And then you got a list of names. And so you have to stay away from that third voice that tries to manipulate your mind. Amen. Don't nobody like nobody now. <laughs> but we all tried. Amen. And so you have to stay away from these third, the, the third voice. Because it has a goal. And you know what the goal of that third voice is to be the only voice you listen to. That's its goal. To be the only voice. And I'm telling you, you keep listening to the wrong thing for long enough. And then that will be the only voice that you want to hear. That's how manipulation is. Because you start depending on it. And if you can't, and you don't feel right, if you don't hear from that, that voice that wants to feed you and tell you how everything is. You go to that voice for the weather. Well, what, what do you think? Then you start, well, what do you think? And they, they don't know. They just tell you. They're they looking at the cloud. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> they tell you anything. That voice will tell you anything just to get you off the phone because they're tired of you now because they're manip- they working on somebody else. Amen? So they already got your life screwed up, and so they go and move on to a new person. So that third voice we need to learn how to uh, decipher and rule it out, not listen to it, not give place to it, because it sounds concerned, but it wants to sway you. Amen. Saul said to David that um, you won't be able to take Goliath. That was the third voice. See, that third voice is always trying to dis- discourage you. Always trying to stop you. You won't be able to take Goliath. And if the truth be told, Goliath was Saul's problem. Wasn't David's problem. David was a boy. That was his his devil <laughs> that was haunting him. And he tried to push it over on David and then turn around and say, You won't be able to you won't be able to do nothing with him. That third voice that speaks manipulation 
and control. And so David was anointed to be king at the age of 15. And this is so important. This is what I was saying earlier. I was trying to make a point and this didn't come out right. But David was anointed to be king at the age of 15, but wasn't appointed until he was 30. See, we have, a de- we have to develop character. Because remember that scripture in, in about tribulation said it develops character. I couldn't think of character. I kept saying hope and hope, patience, and, but it was character. And so David was being developed in, in, the, in the area of his character. And so that third voice, which was Saul, tried to discourage him. But Saul was just scared. You ain't going to be able to take him. Talking about Goliath. You can't take him. He was, one, he was the biggest. He, he, his voice was the loudest. Amen. But David wasn't actually appointed until he was 30. Because he, you know, his character was being developed. Amen. So preparation time means everything. Amen. Saul, but this is, get this now, Saul, on the other hand, was appointed to the position, but had no anointing. Amen. Like many people today, just got a position because they want to show somebody that they can do something. And they go out with no anointing. But they have a position. See, Saul was in the position and had no anointing. David had the anointing but wasn't in the position because God was teaching him character. He was teaching him how to be a warrior, how to be a fighter. He, he defeated Goliath from a plan of God that just said a smooth stone. God had a plan for him. And so he had the anointing. That's how I'm telling you. That's how it is. Amen. God wants to develop your character. And this is why we have one reason why we have tribulation. Amen. Now, it's not all. Sometimes the devil just want to create trouble. He wants to do that all the time for us. But when he does, God still makes a way of escape for us. Amen. But David was waiting to be appointed king. In other words, he, he, was, he was waiting on the natural position but he had the anointing. He had the anointing already because God anointed him. Amen. Which would you rather have, the position or the anointing? Amen. Because Saul couldn't do anything. Amen. All he could do was operate in the natural, chasing somebody for years. Somebody that's on your side because you have no, see, when you don't have an anointing, you don't have wisdom and knowledge. You don't have vision. Amen. You don't know who your friend is from your enemies. And he went after his friend because he had no anointing. Amen. And so we need to desire the anointing, desire the the positive thing. Amen. Not the showboat. And that's what most people want. They want, you know, number one, they want to be a prophet or, or an apostle. And this is what, and I'm so shocked that people are going out being bold, saying I'm an apostle, and they ain't done nothing in the pot, don't have no money. That ain't, that's not, you're not within your character. You haven't developed a church, that's not in your character. So what are you doing? Amen. And see, I know an apostle that's had to leave town. 
you know, because you'll get run out of town. You keep impersonating people that you're not. Amen. People will run you out of town. And that's what usually happens. And so we need to care about character matters. Amen. What you do matters. You know, whether it's behind closed doors or people can see you, it doesn't matter. God sees you. And so character matters. Amen. And preparation is everything. And so we really need to learn to identify these voices that come as deception. Amen. Believing a lie is deception. And that third voice will lie to you every It never tells the truth. It's not going to tell the truth because it doesn't. Amen. And so you have to learn how to discern. And you get that from God. You can't discern when you leave God and go do your own thing because God said for you to do it according to you. It just doesn't work because the anointing goes before you and is your rear guard. Amen. But it ain't going before you somewhere God ain't told you to go because God didn't send it. I don't understand that. I don't, I don't know how it gets there, but it doesn't. Amen. And so that third voice, we need to recognize it. Our antennas, spiritual antennas need to go up. When you're hearing something ungodly or something that's not meant for you, and you need to cut it, shut it down. Amen. Shut it down. Amen. Hallelujah. James 1, 2. I think that's, that will be the last scripture, I think. James 1, 2. Something smelling good. I can't concentrate. Amen. Oh, that quick. James 1, verse 2. I'm hoping this is the right scripture. And it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. In other words, that word count it all joy means treat it as though. Treat it as joy. Treat it as though it, you're not in a bind. You know, treat it as though you know the answer. Treat it as though you know the, our great big God. Amen. It says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Amen. The testing of your faith. You see how you get all of this fruit of the Spirit? It comes through some some type of testing amen amen produces patience or endurance it says but let patience have its perfect work and see this is what people don't want to do they don't want to let patience have its perfect work because it takes too long this is this is what the lord showed me had to tell me i don't work in your time frame I work in my own time frame. So he works in his own time frame. Amen. So let patience have its perfect work on on the inside of you. Amen. Let it work for you. But it 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 it's all about what God has prepared for us, not what we think we need or what we think we want. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Did I finish reading that? Oh, yeah. I went to five. Okay. It says, but in four, it says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In other words, perfect and complete meaning maturity. So we're working towards maturity. Amen. Amen. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given unto him. It says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Ask in faith. Amen. That word in verse 5, when it says without reproach, that means without mocking or ridiculing or insulting. Amen. God doesn't insult. He doesn't mock. He doesn't ridicule us. And he won't be mocked. Amen. He doesn't mock us. And that's why he doesn't want us to mock him. Amen. And so he, he wants to satisfy us all liberally and this is what this is god's goal amen hallelujah verse uh did i i did six asking faith without doubting it, verse seven says for let no man wait a minute for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord he is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways amen but when we mess up we need to repent and ask God for his blessing. Ask God to help us. Amen. Hallelujah. Let patience have his perfect work. And you know what that means? Don't go running off doing nothing. Being no prophet because you ain't. That's what that means. Don't go off being an apostle because you ain't. Don't go off. Do, just do the work of the evangelist. Isn't that what the Bible says? You want to do something, it says that to everybody. It says, do the work of the evangelist, doesn't it? Amen. And that's, so that's for all of the people who are bored where they are. There's something to do. Amen. It started in our own families. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Don't be another Saul. You know, people want it that this is what people want. They want people who have no anointing just going to preach a sermon that's going to make them jump up and holler. And that these are the saws. But have you heard the saws are vacating the premises? Amen. Amen. <laughs> no anointing. Amen. Goliath had no real power. And this is another thing I want to uh, just remind you of. Just a lot of a lot of presence a lot of rumble to put fear into people and it worked amen but don't despise small beginnings i have to end of small jobs amen during your preparation time for the greater things amen like tending the sheep like david tended the sheep don't don't despise small beginnings or don't despise doing the, the lesser jobs. You know, David had the lesser jobs and he became more than his brothers who were in, you know, soldiers in the army. Amen. So everybody wants, you know, notoriety instead of allowing God to exalt them in due season. 
God will exalt you in due season. But there is a preparation time that we need. Amen. And there is a time where God needs to get to our hearts. God has to prepare. I heard this one lady. uh, I can't remember where she was somewhere ministering to. And I really didn't kind of like what she was saying. She was ministering marriage to to people and she was, but one thing I, 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 it caught my ear, she said, and she was saying, don't be running off getting these men and whatever she was saying. But she said this, she, and I ain't like none of that stuff because she was being carnal. But she said, as God is preparing you, he's preparing, he's preparing him too. Amen. He's preparing him too. And so you, it ain't just about us. There's other people in this equa- in this story. You know what I'm saying? And so we have to stay so close to God so he'll do a complete and perfect work. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. We're going to do. But, and God has already prepared for that. He's prepared for our mistakes. Amen? But one thing with, with mistakes, you got to repent. And most people just want God to take his grace and rub it out. And no repentance. Amen. Repent. I don't care if you have to repent 10, 15 times a day. Grace doesn't take the place of repentance. It can't. Amen. But just repent. I don't care if you have to go back four, five, six. It doesn't matter to God. Because we never mess up too much for him. We never mess up too much for God. He is going to prepare us. He's um, going to show us how to walk in patience and walk and walk in love. And faith works by love. Amen. We need to get there. And so God is, is just working things out for us even as we speak. And don't be afraid of the giants in your life because they come down because we have God who sits on the throne and he directs traffic, I believe, up there. <laughs> And if we stay close to him, we won't, we won't miss what God has for us. Amen. I believe it only gets better from here. Amen. So stay in faith and don't give up. And watch that third voice. Don't let it speak to you. Amen. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We just bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. And we lift you up. We lift you up, Lord, and we love you. And we thank you, Father that you always help us, that 